are in the middle of a series following Jesus, and it has been an awesome series. We are in the middle of studying the book, the Gospel of Luke, the life of Jesus, and we have been talking the last few weeks of what it looks like to actually follow Jesus. If you've been here with us, we, uh, about two weeks ago, we started in Luke chapter 5, and we talked about how Jesus desires for us to respond to Him, to realize who He truly is, the Savior of the world. The King of Kings, the one who is in control of our life, and for us to submit ourselves to Him, to completely and totally surrender ourselves to Him so that His life can be lived through our life. Amen? This is what it means. We are no longer living, but Christ lives in us. I was reading this week in 1 John chapter 2, and I came across this verse, and it reminded me so much of what we're doing. It's just the Bible is full of the same thing that we've been talking about. It says, By this we may be sure that we are in Him. Whoever he says, whoever says that he abides in him ought to walk in the same way at which he walked. You ever wonder, how am I sure that I actually know Jesus? How am I sure that I'm in a relationship with Jesus? Well, the book of 1 John, that verse, verse 5 in chapter 2, says the way that you can be sure is that you walk in the same way that he walked. Your life should look like Jesus' life. Now that's not because you're trying to conform your life to a set of patterns and rules and it's all about trying to live up to some kind of rule keeping, but the reason that your life should look like His life is because the whole message of the gospel is that you should surrender yourself to Christ so that His life can be lived through you. You're not the one trying to... He's not some model that you're trying to be like. It's actually you are submitting and surrendering yourself to Him, being changed from the inside out so that His life his character is being evidenced through you. Everybody get that? This is crucial, crucial understanding the gospel. I'll talk about this a lot. But this is our life, guys, submitting, surrendering, and allowing Jesus Christ, who is God, to live his life through you. You should walk in the same way that he has walked. Amen? Amen. This is what we're studying today. Well, if you've got your Bibles, and I hope you do, go to Luke chapter 5. And I want to say a special welcome to folks who are um, new today and also folks who are going to be starting to listen to messages online. We are going to be starting to put messages online. If you're listening to this message today online, we welcome you and we miss you. If you have never been here, we would love to have you here at Allen Community Church. And uh, I pray that if you are here, the weeks that you are out, which you don't need to be out, (laughs) but the weeks that you are out, this is a traveling church, and uh, you can go online and listen to messages that you have missed so that we can have a continuity of thought and theme and understand where we are going through scriptures, because there's a way that God has organized the scriptures to move through it systematically, and that's what we're doing, that's how we preach here. So welcome to those who are listening online today. Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. The Word of God says this, On one of those days, he was teaching. As he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in. And lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, and they let him down with his bed, through the tiles, into the midst, before Jesus. 
And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and he picked up what he had been lying on and he went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all and they glorified God and were filled with awe saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. Amen. This is the Word of God. We are going to be talking today. The theme of the message, we are called to carry people to Jesus. We are called to carry people to Jesus. If you have something that you've got bulletins in front of you, if you're at home listening online, take out a piece of paper and I want you to write on your bulletins or whatever you have. We are called to carry people to Jesus. That's the theme of the day. If you leave here not understanding this today from the Word of God, then I believe that you have missed what God would have to say to you today. We are called to carry people to Jesus. Now, it's kind of interesting. A lot of times when people approach this story, a lot of people look at the man who is crippled. But I want to take a different approach today because I think the Word of God is full, and every time you go to a passage, you see different things. And I want to focus today on some of the other characters in this story. And I want to allow the Word of God speak to us about some of the different characters in the story who we often don't focus on. And those are as follows. And you can go ahead to the next slide. We're going to look at the carriers. We're going to look at Christ. We're going to look at the critics. We are going to look at the crippled. And we're going to look at the crowd. Most of the time today, though, is going to be spent looking at verses 17 through 20 of those who actually carry this man to Jesus. So if you will, let's go back to the passage. And I want to just walk through some characteristics, and I hope you will write these down so that later you can go back and pray through these and re-examine the Word yourself because I don't have anything to say to you other than what the Word of God already says. And I want you to know from the Word what is actually being said here to us. Let's look at the characteristics of the carriers. First of all, let's look at verse 18, we see that the word says this, Behold, some men were bringing on a man, bringing on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. So we have this group of guys right off, right? In this story, we have this group of guys who see a man who is paralyzed. Anybody ever seen someone who is paralyzed? It is not a cool thing. I used to live in Atlanta, Georgia. We had a thing called the Shepherd Center. It was one of the the regions. I think people from Memphis still go there. They do like full spinal injuries from the neck down. And um, it is is just a horrible thing. Uh, We've got doctors in the room today. It is a horrible thing to see paralysis, is it not? There is just a total helplessness 
And someone who has been paralyzed in any state, but especially paralyzed like this man was, he could not even walk. He couldn't help himself, right? And what do we see? We see this group of guys who go to this man, and they pick him up. The first characteristic is responsibility. They took responsibility for this guy. Right? They saw his need, and they treated his need as if it was their own. They didn't just pass him by. They didn't just leave him be. Oh, hope you fend for yourself, man. Right? They took responsibility for him, knowing that he could not do for himself what needed to be done. Y'all see that? This guy could not do for himself what needed to be done. If no one helped this guy, right, then he wasn't going to be helped. They took responsibility. The great commandment says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And the second commandment is like unto itself. Loving your neighbor as you love yourself. See, we don't have a problem loving ourselves, right? But what Jesus asked us to do is to love other people the way that you love yourself. Care for them, love them, treat them the same way that you yourself want to be treated. You get up every day, you want to eat, and you feed yourself. There are a lot of people who can't do that. Treat people who can't feed themselves like you would want to be treated. Feed them, clothe them, visit them in prison. You see the heart of the gospel here? Care for others as much or more than you care for yourself. This is what Jesus did when he came for us. In humility, he considered, he didn't consider equality to be God, something to be grasped, but he lowered himself, right? Becoming a servant to us. You see this also in the story of the Good Samaritan. You remember? All the people passing by, going about their own way. But who does Jesus commend and say is the true neighbor of the one of that Samar- of that uh, man? Who was it? It was the Samaritan, the one who stopped and helped. As carriers, we have to be responsible. We have to have the sense of responsibility to other people as much as we are responsible for ourselves. Do y'all see that? How often do you, when we're going to be talking about, we have to carry people to Jesus for a variety of needs, most important for their spiritual needs. People need the Lord. Amen? People need to know Jesus Christ. They do. People have a variety of other needs, emotional needs. They have, we, in Memphis alone, you think about just the poverty that's here, right? The helplessness that's represented here. There are a variety of needs. Do we feel a sense of responsibility for those who can't help themselves? Do you identify with others in a way that you say, you know what, who's going to help that guy if I don't step in? This is the role that God has assigned to me. I am responsible. I am the one that's to be a witness. I am the one that's to be a carrier. I'm not going to walk by on the other side of the street and turn my head the other way. No, I'm going to move myself into that situation to help that man who can't be helped otherwise. Amen? How often do we sense that responsibility that God has given us? I remember when I was in college, I'll never forget it. I had a roommate, or he was a guy who lived in my hall. His name was Imran. He was a Muslim guy, and I was just really starting to grow in my faith. And I just felt over and over and over, I knew that Imran needed to know Jesus. But over and over and over and over, I kept excusing myself from actually talking to Imran, doing what needed to be done, taking responsibility to be a witness to him. I would excuse it thinking, somebody else will do that. I can't do that. 
Maybe somebody else will. And I'll never forget the night that I got a phone call that said that Imran was killed in a head-on collision in the interstate coming back to college from his home. And I sat on my floor and wept, knowing that God had asked me. I knew the Spirit of God was moved. I should have been a witness to Imran. I should have taken responsibility for that. And I didn't. We are responsible for those who, if those who we know need to be brought to Jesus. Do you sense responsibility for that? The second characteristic is this. Intentionality. Look back at verse 18. Look at what they're doing. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. That's, that's their taking responsibility. And look what they're doing. They were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. Guess what they were doing? They didn't just pick him up and say, well, what do we do now? Right? Well, let's just hug him. Let's just make him feel comfortable. Let's just try to pull a council together and maybe take him to Dr. Phil to see what he says. <laughs> right? No. What were they doing? They were intentionally seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. Y'all see that? This is the characteristic of those of us who know Christ, who are called to carry people to Jesus. We have a purpose. We begin with the end in mind. You see that? You begin with people by knowing that what they need is Jesus Christ. They don't need you. They need Jesus, ultimately, right? Can I get an amen? amen. People need Jesus. You begin with people. You begin to carry people knowing where you're going with them. You're going to Jesus. You ain't going to Oprah, Dr. Phil, your own philosophy and just whatever you feel like you could you just help them along the way. No, they need Jesus. Intentionally move people toward Jesus. 1 Corinthians 9, Paul says that he, did all, he became all things to all people so that by all means he might win some. Paul went out of his way doing all kinds of outlandish things to carry people, but you know why? Because he wanted to see people come to Christ. We don't just do things to do things. Does that make sense? Sometimes we just do things to do things, I feel like. We're very flippant. We don't have purpose behind what we do. Y'all, our purpose is to catch people for Christ. We looked at that earlier. Our purpose is to make disciples. Paul said, this is my ambition to preach the gospel. It's a forward direction. We're going somewhere when we carry people. Y'all see that? We are going somewhere. We are carrying them to who? Straight to Jesus, because He has what people need. Do you do that with people? Do you have the intentionality when you start relationships, when you meet people who have needs beyond anything that you can meet? Do you have the intentionality in your heart of hearts knowing that they need Jesus and you're going to move them to Jesus? In my relationships, I pray that I've got the kind of intentionality that I move people to Jesus. Right? I'm going somewhere. They need the Lord. They don't need me. They don't need my smiles. They don't need my hugs. Y'all, sometimes we think that just smiling at people and just loving them and hugging them, that's gonna, they're going to be in heaven one day because I smiled at them. They knew I loved them. Well, love is very important. The Bible says that we, the world will know that we are His disciples by our love. But love is not enough, folks. People need to hear about Jesus. We have to be intentional to actually move them to Jesus. Well, the third characteristic is this. We have to be persistent. Look at this. It 
So they look at verse 18. They're seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. So here the men come. They know where they're going. They know Jesus and they know what this man needs. They have taken responsibility. They have started with intentionality. And they are moving now to Jesus. And when they get to Jesus, what do they find? They can't get in. They can't get in. The, the house, I mean, Jesus, by this time, he had been healing, he had been preaching, he was wildly popular. People, even the Pharisees and scribes who didn't like him, you see in, in the first few verses in 17, they had even come and gathered around. This place was packed out, man. Anybody ever been to a concert or something where you got to wait in line forever? You can't get in, and it's like, oh, if I could just get in. But you can't. You know how mobs are. That's what the scene is when these guys get there. They can't get in. So what do they do? Oh, well, well, I tried. I'm sorry, dude. You know, we tried. I did everything I could. You know, first try, man, you just, you know, too bad. We just can't do it today. Just not going to work. Guess that wasn't meant to be. Is that what they did? No, it's not what they did. What happened? Man, these guys were persistent. What did they do? They went up to the roof. These, these houses had flat roofs. They were mud-thatched roofs with tile. They went up to the roof, and guess what they started doing? They started digging. This, they are digging through someone's roof. They are digging mud, 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 mud. Move it out of the way. Pull the tiles out. Pull the thatched roof out. Let's go, boys. Right? They are going to get this guy to Jesus. You see, they didn't give up. They were persistent. They were absolutely persistent. They knew that he needed Jesus, and they were going to stay at the task until they saw Jesus change this guy's life. Amen? Amen. What an awesome picture of those of us who need to carry. Over and over, the Bible talks about how we have to be persistent and what we do. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. You can look at that later. Luke 18 talks about the persistence in praying for people. If you look at Luke chapter 7 and 8, you can look at the parable of the sower. Over and over, he sows seed. He sows seed. Some of the seed is not going to take root. Some of the seed is going to take a long time to spring up. Y'all see that? But you sow seed. You persistently do what God has called you to do. Bearing witness. Helping people. Trying to move them to Jesus. Why? Because you never know when God's going to bring the growth. Right? You never know. God can touch people's lives. And far be it from me to be the one to determine when I've got to stop. God doesn't work on our timetable. You see that? We have to just continually be persistent with what we're called to do. Calling to carry people to Jesus. Because we know that one day, at some time, God can change people's lives. Amen? We don't give up on people because God doesn't give up on people. Praise God, He didn't give up on me. Y'all, I have been praying for people in my friend group and in my family group, some of them for years and years, talking to them about the Lord, trying to help them with needs. There are people, I'm sure that all of you come to mind, people who need the Lord, you try to talk to them about the Lord, or people who have emotional needs or physical needs, and you tried to help them, don't just show up at the big house and see that it's crowded and just say, oh well, it must not, you know. Don't just stop. 
Be persistent. Do whatever it takes to get people to Jesus. Be persistent. Be faithful. Don't stop carrying people to Jesus. He can change their life. Amen? Amen. Do not stop. Don't grow weary of doing good. Don't grow weary. The fourth characteristic is this. Boldness. Look at what they do. They are lowering, they are tearing this guy's roof up, first of all, and lowering him down into the crowd of folk. Anybody had anybody cut you in line? It just drives me crazy. You know, you've been standing in line for a long time to do something, and somebody's going to go up in the front and just cut you. It's like, golly, think about these folks here. They've been waiting all day to see Jesus and hear from him, and now these guys coming in through the roof, tearing it up, and they're just cutting right here in line. How dare them, right? That's audacity. Y'all agree? Imagine what they, other folks could have said to them, what they would have thought of them, the bills that might have been incurred by tearing that guy's roof up. They didn't care why. Because they boldly brought the guy to Jesus. Right? Paul says in Romans 1, 16 and 17, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to do whatever it takes. I might look foolish in talking to somebody about Jesus or trying to help them in their need. It might look foolish to everybody around me. But I'm not ashamed in the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of salvation to all who believe. Acts 20.20, 20, you look at the whole book of Acts, the men's group is studying that now. It talks about over and over, they proclaim the word of God boldly. They got beaten and persecuted and hit, and they came right back to the city, and they proclaimed the word of God boldly. Amen, right? Thank goodness for people who are bold enough to share with me when I was a youth, when that wasn't a popular thing to do. What about you? Were people bold enough with you to share the gospel with you when you desperately needed it? Sometimes I wonder, are we bold in carrying people to Jesus or do we shrink back? Paul, in another place in Acts, he says, he did not shrink back. He did not hide. Oh my goodness, what are they going to think if I mention Jesus to them? Oh my goodness, what's going to happen if I try to help that guy who's in poverty? What if I bring him into his house? What are my neighbors going to think about that? No, don't shrink back, but you boldly bring people to Jesus. Amen? Boldly. And fifth, they had faith. Look at this. In verse 20, it says, When he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven. Jesus saw something about them. What did he see? Their what? F-A-I-T-H. Their faith. See, the gospel here is telling us something about the way that they came. They came responsibly. They came intentionally. They came persistently and they came boldly. But they also came with faith. And over and over in the Bible, we had a series a few months ago that said, it is faith that God desires from us. Not works, it's faith, right? Believing against all odds. Faith is hope in what is not seen. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, you should go look at it later. In Romans chapter 4, 20 and 21, the Bible says about Abraham, No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he considered God who was faithful to keep his promise. Sometimes we look at situations in life, things like a paralyzed man, well, what in the world is that, you know, oh, well, just not going to happen. It's not naturally possible. Well, it's also not naturally possible that you know Jesus. Did you know that? That's a miracle of God. It's the way the Bible describes it. It's a miracle of the Spirit of God. 
We don't believe in the natural, the things that are seen. We trust Him who is unseen, and we believe that He can do what is impossible in this world. Amen? Amen. We have faith. Guys, I don't care how far, we talked about this last week. It doesn't matter how dirty people are, how far away they have gone, how wayward they are, how great their needs are. Believe that God changes people's lives. Because He does. Have faith in God. Don't look at the external circumstance. Look at what God can do. See the possibilities that come when you trust and believe in Jesus. Amen? This is what it means to carry people to Jesus. That's what I want you to hear today. You are called to carry people to Jesus. In the last two or three minutes, I'm not even going to go through the rest of the slides. There's a lot more that I wanted to go through, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to. And you can look those up online. I will post the rest of the slides. You can look in detail. But here's what I want to say. When when they get to Jesus, what does He do? Look at it. Verse 20, And when He saw their faith, He said, Man, your sins are forgiven. Jesus, Zach made this awesome, awesome drawing. Praise God for worship through art. Amen? Right. You see the paralytic coming in. Here he is, being brought by those who carried him, who loved this guy enough to bring him before Jesus. And here's Jesus looking at the guy. And he brings him in, and Jesus looks at him, and what does he say? Man, your sins are forgiven. Praise God for total cleansing, total grace, total forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ. Amen. Your sins are forgiven. Now, it's interesting. Here he is, a paralytic. Now, you think when he's being brought into this room, what does everybody think Jesus is going to do? His obvious need, what? This guy's sitting here laying on this bed can't move, and now you're going to forgive his sins? You need to... He came to be stand up and walk, right? It's interesting to me that Jesus sees. He knows the greater need. He sees the greater need. Some of you guys are doctors here, or will be doctors. When somebody comes into your clinic, a lot of times you try to identify the presenting problem, Right? Well, in this case, this guy came to the great position. Jesus identified the presenting problem. The presenting problem was this guy's relationship with the Lord. Yeah, he was paralyzed, and yes, he could have used healing. But this guy saw the deeper need, and because Jesus loves in the deepest, greatest, most unfathomable way possible, he sees the guy and says, I will meet the deeper need. I will make you right with myself. I will forgive you. I will clean you by my blood. Amen? He sees the deeper need. And it's the same way today, guys. Man looks at outward appearance. God looks at the heart. He sees the deeper need in people. And if we are like Jesus, we should be the same way. When you see people... Yes, they have problems. Yes, on the external, things are a mess, and we should desire for things to change. But don't miss the deeper need. We can go feed people in Africa. We can go 
see healings done on the streets of Memphis, right? We could clothe the poor and visit the sick and all those things Jesus asks us to do, but if we neglect sharing with them how they can be right with God, then have we truly loved them at all? Does that make sense? Don't, it is important to do the external things. Don't neglect them. But you cannot neglect the deeper needs of people's relationship with the Lord. Or else you're just making them fat, happy, healthy, straight on the way to hell. It's like the Titanic. Who's ever seen it? Where the boat is sinking, and then this, they call out the symphony. Play us a little tune on our way down. How dumb is that? Let's just play people a little tune straight on their way to misery. Don't neglect the deeper need. People need to be saved from their sins, to be forgiven and made right with Jesus. Jesus sees the deeper need. And in the face of critics, who you'll read about later if you look at it, in the face of those critics who come and say, what do you mean you can't do that? In the face of the crowd, who probably all of them are wondering what in the world is going on, Jesus shows his authority and his compassion and his love for this man by forgiving his sins. And to prove that he truly is God, to prove that he truly has the power to save and to forgive, he says, rise, get up, and walk, and go home. And the man does. It says, immediately, Jesus Christ has the power of salvation, and he has the power in all of life. Anything he says, he can do. And he has compassion and love for people. Praise God. I want us to go into a time of reflection. If you will just get in a place where you can just think. And I want you to see this, that you are called to carry people to Jesus. You know, the interesting thing is that if you look at your own life, at one time, you, if you know Christ, you are the cripple in this story. The one who was carried by someone else to the Lord. I'm thankful for my parents, for that guy at that camp that year who preached the gospel. When I surrendered my life to Christ, when I was able to see Jesus and my need for Him, I'm thankful for those who carried me. What about you? Just say thank you. Take some time to say thank you to the Lord that somebody shared with me and carried me to Jesus and now I'm experiencing the grace of that comes through someone else's obedience and through the power of Christ and His salvation. And now, guys, you are called to carry others in the same way that you were carried. You know people right now. I want you to think about them. Maybe you can write down their names who have needs that you can't meet, but you know God can they need the Lord, they need help, they need healing. I don't know the variety of needs. And just ask God, Lord, help me be a carrier of people to Jesus. Help me see my responsibility, Lord. Help me be intentional in my relationships and in my actions every day. Help me be persistent, Lord. Help me to not give up, but to continue to seek to do what is right, what you've asked me to do. Help me to be bold in my faith, Lord, in my proclamation of the gospel, in my work. Help me to have faith in you, Lord. I want to be a carrier, God. I want to be a carrier of people to Jesus. As the Bible says, how else will people come 
God can do it himself, but he's chosen to use his church. He's chosen to use you to be a carrier. Don't miss out on the blessing of carrying people to Christ. If you want to come up and pray today, you're welcome. If you want to come be a part of this church, you're welcome. We are going to be a church that loves carrying people to Jesus. If we're going to grow, I don't want to grow from church transfers. I want to grow from people coming to know Jesus Christ. This is our call, church. This is our call. Will you say to God today, God, make me a carrier. Break my heart. Make me a carrier of people to Jesus. Help me see, Lord, this is how you do it. This is how you design it, Lord. This is the blessing, Lord, carrying people to Jesus. Maybe today that you don't know Christ. You need to be carried to Jesus. Come up and talk to me. Oh, you need him. You need his forgiveness. You need his healing. You need his restoration. Maybe you want to join this church. Maybe you just need to pray. But come. We're going to have a time of response. Just come as you feel like God's leading.